This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And hour number two of The Labor Show, the John Doherty Hour, here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're live coming at you on this weekend, busy weekend uh, in the city of Philadelphia. This is the John Doherty Hour. And John, as I bring you into the show, you'll notice by his absence tonight uh, that Jay Doc will only be joining us for the opening segment. He's on the phone. We'll bring him in uh, in just a moment. But before we welcome Jay Doc in, who's on vacation, uh, John, how are you, sir? Oh, we don't get vacation around here. Yeah, what the hell? Where's he at? Jay Doc, how are you, brother? Welcome in, man. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. I wouldn't miss the John Doherty Hour for anything in the world. And so um, we're in Cape May, but like I said, you know, Krause said, you know, no, not tonight. I said, Joe, you got to give me just the first 10 minutes so I can hang out with John. And and uh, so I'm, I'm glad to be here at least temporarily. Well, listen, make sure you tell your beautiful family we're asking for them. You know, it's a great weekend and, uh, you know, take advantage of it. We got a nice uh, setup here tonight, but you know what, Krause, I got to tell you, I last week, especially the Larry Christensen segment, I oh, yeah. had people all the way up until Wednesday, okay, talking to me about the show. And of course, you know, Larry is very interesting, and anytime you can get some throwback conversation, you know, about Pete Rose and, you know, Larry probably could tell us a lot of stories, but it is seven o'clock on a Saturday night. You know, so mm-hmm. the, the, the stories he could tell us should be reserved for like two in the morning. But he has <laughs> a great he has a great relationship today with the labor movement. He had, you know, I know he participates in everything. There's not a golf tournament. There's not, you know, an all star labor. Club. There's nothing that he doesn't participate in. So it was fun having him on. But more importantly, it was fun that the listeners. Okay, who take the time out on a Saturday night to find out what's going on in the the unionized labor world? Okay, you know we're we're really entertained with them, so that's that's good. You know, and it's yeah, we're loaded again tonight. Yeah, we are loaded. It was good, real quick on the on on the conversation with Larry from uh, last week. It was really good to kind of have Larry set the table for what is. Uh, a really cool weekend uh, down at the bank, uh, you know, watching the um, ceremony before the game tonight um, and watching number 42, Ron Reed, uh, come out. You know, sometimes you, 
you know, you forget, or not forget, but you just, it, it slips your mind a little bit. You know, Schmitty and, 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 and the Bull and, um, uh, you know, and Tugger and, and that whole team, that whole era. And boy, Ron Reed was really, you know, goes great to hear Booney, um, you know, intro him. And then I was glad he was at the stadium tonight. Yeah, Reed, I'll tell you what, if you look back and, you know, I was a great time for me. You know, and you're talking uh, the 80s, early 80s, 1980, 81. So it was, you know, my daughter was born. Uh, you know, you have a, you had a lot of great memories. But that team was amazing. And I, I think every were, every man. game went to extra innings. You know, and Reed kept coming in and getting two people out, two people out, three people out. And then the other guy who was on it tonight was Bake McBride. He looked like he just about could walk to the plate. Then he hit a line drive in the gap, and next to you know, he'd be standing up on third base. You know, I mean, that was just a great team. You know, Matty Trio and Schmidt and them guys were just fabulous. And then, of course, Pete Rose. And, you know, one of the reasons why I always loved Pete Rose, not just because, you know, I thought he was, you know, the Charlie Hustle stuff. And, but my dad, you know, and my dad's a gigantic baseball man. In fact, I just want to take a second. Tomorrow, he will be 88 years old. So a big wow. happy birthday to my dad. Happy birthday, you know, Mr. Doc. He was a great he was a great athlete in his own right, you know. And most people will tell you one of the better basketball players to ever come out of South Philly, and maybe the best that ever come out of Second Street. Okay, there was a lot of talented players there, but he what he did he spent a better part of his childhood, you know, coaching baseball. You know, we just listen to baseball games. We talked about this before. You three know what it's like. You know, if no matter where you are, if you were in the car, you know, you had you had Richie Ashburn and Bobby Sam on the radio. If you were home, you had the radio outside somebody always had the radio on tv you know any game that was televised was on and when pete rose came i mean it just was a different it was just the final piece and my dad had i mean he was really in the in the phillies at the time and so we were all so it was just great atmosphere great family atmosphere just a great time and your first your first uh, guest tonight is a big athlete you know not only the new senator of the fifth district jimmy Dillon, but he, he, you know he actually started at point guard for Notre Dame's basketball team. Now, you don't play at Notre Dame with having a little extra instinct in you. You know, you don't play point guard without being able to see, you know, what's happening two plays ahead. So, you know, Jimmy's going to be, uh, you know, a great senator. He comes from a great family. Again, his father was legendary in his own way. Okay, his brother Sean's a personal friend of mine, and Sean's family are just good people. And, uh, again, you know, I it's funny, the the, the uh Ryan Edison, who we talk about, who's Ryan Boyer's suburban, you know, building trades business agent, as well as uh, Bobby Heenan, our good friend, the councilman. They, they were they were big Dylan, you know, supporters. And so, you know, anytime you had a conversation with any one of them, you know, they, it was always focused on the Senate race and what it would mean to the people up there. So I think I think Jimmy's a great choice. We cut him short last time. You know, looking forward to having him on the show. And uh, one, you know, si- a little one little side piece too. I don't usually, you know, get a big shout out. You know, beside Happy Birthday to my dad. But there's a guy you mentioned in Philly, Dan Baker. He's been 50 oh, yeah. years as the announcer down there. What a gentleman! And Kraus, you know what it's like to yep. be a voice behind a mic. That guy has been so good to us. I mean, it was never if it was a variety club issue, if it was anything. And one of the, the real gentlemen of, uh, that I've bumped into in my lifetime is David Montgomery. 
And then David was the head of Phillies. And I spent, it was funny, I spent 40-some straight days with Dave Montgomery every single day walking the construction of the new Philly stadium when it was going up. You know, we had a lot of issues. It was bad weather around that time. Uh, there was a lot of uh, questions in the construction industry. Will we bring it in on time? And uh, David told me that of all the people, you know, Dan Baker was one of the nicest people. So coming from a nice guy who, who you know, rest in peace to another guy who's being honored this weekend also for 50 years, uh, just good people. Philly's loaded with good people. Yeah, no doubt about that. J-Doc, jump into the conversation here. We only have you for a well, few minutes, brother. I refuse to let you join the show for the full <laughs> hour, but I am glad you're able to jump on for the opening well, segment. And, and, John, you know you talk about great guys being on. Let's not forget Dick Vermeil, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, I mean, it's such a tribute. Absolutely. You know, today was his day, and, and we're all incredibly proud. We all remember – you know, back in, you know, since we're talking about 1980, um, you know, obviously the Super Bowl, first Super Bowl appearance, and you know how far he brought us and what he did uh, to every franchise that he that he actually took over from, obviously, St. Louis one in the big one, and then Kansas City, um, and of course what he did here in Philadelphia, he'll be an eagle uh, for life uh, with us, and of course, our congratulations, because we're all so proud of him as well. Well, he thanked in, in his, I love the speeches, by the way, because I, you know, I just enjoy listening to each individual going into the hall, um, you know, take those moments in time um, to really get, you know, personal, to really get deep, to really get thankful, to really put a spotlight on what their life was or is or how it's been affected and who's affected their life. But Dick Vermeil, in, in just, I guess, classic Dick Vermeil fashion, literally just about thanked everybody, and he, and, and he didn't have time to thank a whole lot more. That was the, that was the uh, essence of his speech, but it was great to see he was the final speaker today in canton ohio by the way you can go to jacobsports.com uh paul domowitz was out in canton uh covering the hall of fame and he has a great article uh, up on uh, jacobsports.com um you'll see that uh, if it's not up there as we're live right now it'll be up there shortly but a good, good just a good day in canton ohio absolutely I mean, we're all incredibly proud, and uh, I didn't get the opportunity to uh, to see uh, Dick's speech. Did he cry? He did not. He he, he did that? not. They they well. I, I, I think his I think his speech was defined and purposeful because if he if he went too long or if he got caught up in 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 conversation about his wife or his family or one individual, um, you know, I think he would have cried. So he yeah. really kind of did a whole timeline uh, of his entire life in football. Um, by wow. asking people in the crowd who were there to stand up. And it was great to see Jaws there and Sal Powell. Was, by the way, Sal Powell, first one out of the box, uh, first 
uh, first thank you from Dick Vermeil was Sal Pal at the microphone, and of course Sal led the um, led the nomination and led and, and, and did all the work behind him ultimately years ago behind him ultimately getting uh, to this point. So that was very good stuff. J Doc, enjoy yourself down uh, in uh, Cape May. Um, all right. Thanks for jumping on the John Doherty Hour, brother. I'll see you. I'll see you next week. Awesome. Have a great show, Have John. Joey. All right, thank you, John. All right, good stuff, Jane Doc. Checking in, as John mentioned, we've got a action-packed, busy hour. This the John Doherty hour. After the break, PA State Senator Jimmy Dillon uh, will join us. Bottom of the hour, United States Congressman Brendan Boyle uh, will have conversation on two items: the budget. Reconciliation Act and the PRO Act. We'll get updates from Brendan on that. 747 high-profile trial attorney Charles Gibbs will be along. We'll talk to Charles to finish up the show. This is the John Doherty Hour. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get John into the conversation in just a second. PA State Senator Jimmy Dillon from the 5th District, kind enough to make a trip back in to uh, join us on the show. Uh, Senator, how are you, man? Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you jumping on to the John Doherty Hour, brother. Yeah, great to have you back, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, to have me. Uh, excited about my first two months in here, and and looking forward to serving the Northeast for years to come. Yeah, what's that? Tell us about the, the 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 first two months and put it into a into a sixty or ninety second synopsis. What's it been sure. like in terms of priorities, Jimmy? So it's funny, uh, you know, a little bit crazy of scenario for taking over for Senator Sabatini, who's now you know handling a judgeship down in the in the city. Uh, special election that was won on on May 17th. Uh, I was sworn in on June 7th, and right away from the swearing in, I got thrown right to the wolves in the middle of of the the state budget. Uh, So for my whole first month of June, I spent uh, the entire month up learning the ropes in terms of of, of budget passes and and laws and how things work. And uh, obviously, we passed one of the the, the biggest budgets in, in, in Pennsylvania history, in terms of the surplus was out there. And to be honest, it, it should have been more. Uh, these, these families, these neighborhoods, this, this, the state, everybody deserves, you know, the, the, their hard-paying tax-paying money to be delivered back to their families. And we had an opportunity to do that. We did that to a capacity, but we're hoping to do it more in terms of moving forward. And that's all going to, you know, come full term, come with this upcoming election here in November with our, with our governor and, and lieutenant governor. Uh, the month of July here, uh, I had an opportunity to come back and work here in Northeast Philadelphia and actually sit at my desk and, and get familiar with the area that I've grown to, to love over the 43 years that I've been here, um, setting up a, a, a lot of meetings and, and getting out to a lot of events in terms of, of handling, uh, you know, the issues that, that our families and our, our communities are facing up here. So with that all said and done, you know, I'm going to keep a, a constant focus on law enforcement, 
Uh, I'm looking to help build and, and grow the education system so that there's a fair funding formula for our public schools and our charters and our Catholics, as well as privates. And then I'm also following through with making sure that the necessary labor uh, benefits and, and, and unions are taken care of from so many different angles here. And, you know, it, it's the constant fight that everybody in our neighborhoods and our communities are fighting each and every day. And I want to let people know in the northeast section of Philadelphia that, uh, you know, Senator Jimmy Dillon's office on Academy Road is always open to phone calls and stops anytime people have any issues or anything that we can help with. Jimmy, I uh, mentioned earlier, I, you know, I touched on your dad and Sean and your family and also touched a little bit on your, you know, your, your basketball skill sets and, you know, being able to play at a top-notch program, you know, and especially in a point guard role, you know, and I, I didn't mean that lightly. You know, you know, my, my history with you is that you have been always been a people person, okay, and you've you always underplayed your skill sets, you know, and you have a, you have a great opportunity now. You know, I know the people I know, you know, that, like I mentioned, Brian Edis earlier, them guys, they think the world of you. They think that you're going to be there for years, and they actually think that Northeast, you know, the senatorial district is in great hands. So, you know, I just want to let you know that you have the ability to talk to people. You're around basketball programs with thousands of kids. But, you know, that basketball programs were, you know, more than just teaching the kid to draw a basketball. You know, you're, you're, you're always talking about quality of life. You were able to communicate with parents or families without parents. So I think that, you know, you've been out and about. Every time I turn around, you know, I'm, I'm either seeing another picture or I'm hearing that you were someplace in the Northeast, in your district, you know, and, and it, it's an older, it, it's kind of drifted away. Politics has kind of became, you know, so partisan that, you know, you're it's like you're almost afraid to make a decision because you're either on the right side or the wrong side. I think you got a great opportunity. You know, it's nice to hear you talk about all schools, you know, not just public, not just Catholic, not just, you know, charter, things like that. And I've had my hand on all three of them, you know, so, you know, but the, the other part is you're also not afraid to run away from crime and that issue. And I know you've been, you know, out public and it's funny, I don't talk to them much about it and we don't talk about my brother much at all but you know he did a couple of weeks ago had a pretty you know detailed scathing opinion about you know some of the, the, the processes here in in philly and i know that you've also have stood up and you know has said making police funding and things like that so you know anytime you need that the come on this radio show the good part about this radio show is if you heard earlier and you're going to hear later, it's loaded with people who are friends of the labor community who normally would not get that open platform to talk about anything they want at any time. So make sure you use us and thanks for coming back and anything you want to roll, you know, Krause, I know we were talking about, you know, the fact that he wasn't afraid to talk about police, you know, that was taboo for a while. It seems like it's come back in fad now, you know, so. John, you brought up some some great points with all that, you know, and it's, uh, you know, a, a standpoint where, yes, you know, over 14 years ago when I when I started my small business and my basketball academy, it was my way of giving back to the community and kids to, to present the opportunity that, that I had growing up. I wanted kids to be able to turn and have the right tools and, and, and you know, necessities to go ahead and chase their dreams. And it was never just about the basketball court, like you mentioned. It was about learning, you know, characteristics off the court that would turn around and translate into being a successful human being in life. Uh, little did I know that 14 years ago, branching out into the Northeast and, and all the areas here and working with, you know, 
such youth organizations as Summit and Youth and Our Lady of Calvary and the Mayfair Community Center, all these schools that I went and done pro bono work and, and still are part of our, our everyday arsenal through the Basketball Academy, so many of those families understood the impact that I can make with just their children. And it just came full circle with me that now those same families and those same communities and those same neighborhoods and those same schools are all people who understand the impact that I was able to make with their kids. And now I'm looking to make an impact with the community and the family and the neighborhoods and get the Northeast back to the level of where it was at for a thing. And it's because of great relationships that I have with people through labor and people through the school district that I worked at before. And again, being that point guard, John, you're an extension of the code out, coach out on the floor. And I want to turn around and be in a situation where when that coach tells me there's something that can be done, I can be the point guard and I can drive the right people. I'm not someone who's going to back down from a, an, a, a challenge. Um, we know that crime in this city is the number one factor of everything. And when it's all said and done, people need to know that their streets are safe. Uh, we're putting plenty of legislation together. We're working on tons of things here to try and limit, you know, illegal guns and assault weapons. And, you know, there's, there's, I think the average right now, John, is eight to nine shootings in Philadelphia today, a day. And I just don't want to have that be an issue. I do realize that I'm in a situation where it's not at the, the heart of everything. However, you know, safety for families has to become a, a topic and something that needs to be addressed on a daily basis. Everything, not only in Northeast Philadelphia, but throughout, you know, Philadelphia itself. We need to get tougher on crime. And again, a lot of people are going out there and these criminals and these people who are, are they know, John, that they can turn around and commit as many crimes as they'd like. And the punishment is so weak, they're going to slap on the hand. They're in for a day or two and they're back out. And they just know that they're able to turn around and go and rob somebody else to turn around and know that they're only going to get two or three days in. And here we come back and we're just going to get, we have to do something about it. Something has to change. The crime in this city is on an uproar and the punishment is not there. And we need to figure out as a group, as council people, as senators, as house people, as Congress, the mayor, everybody has to have a hand in this to better our communities, our lives, and our city. We all know what's going on right now. People are tired of this city and they're on their way out. And you can't blame them right now for what's being caused throughout our city. We have to address it. We have to address it now. We were able to get necessary funding from the Senate side of things to help out. It's just the beginning. The funding and the resources for our law enforcement is just the beginning. Now we got to have their backs. Now we got to turn around and make sure that they're in control. Now we got to make sure that when a police officer goes out to do their job, they're doing it the right way and not being just completely, you know, criticized over every single thing they do. They're there. They're hired. They're there to serve and protect us. And we need to make that issue moving forward. No questions asked. Wow, well done, well said by PA State Senator Jimmy Dillon joining us here uh, on the John Doherty Hour. Jimmy, before I let you go quickly, I got to ask you, you know, Frank Keel, he, uh, Frank does such an awesome job and he serves in a role of an executive producer. He's also a big Notre Dame fan, brother. So, you know, what does it look like for the Irish, uh, you know, as we move into football season? We're 31 days away or less now from kickoff. <laughs> hey, man. 
I, I love the idea and the fact here that, uh, you know, everybody's counting Notre Dame out here for the mere fact that in about a month we got to travel to Columbus, Ohio and open up in the horseshoe against the almighty Buckeyes. And there's nothing better than being an underdog heading in there. I can give you a quick, quick, brief story here. My senior year of college, we were a 27-point underdog going into Ohio State coming off a Final Four run. And we upset them at Ohio State in their brand-new building uh, for our first win of the year. And it's something that I still get goosebumps talking about. And I'm looking forward to our Irish doing the same thing this year. So, Frank, you keep you keep praying that I, to, the, to that blessed <laughs> mother, we keep turning around there and, and get out to the grotto and, and watch Rudy as many times as you can, do whatever superstitions. And we got plenty of other labor guys who are, who are pro, pro-Irish here. So, uh, you know, we're moving forward. I'm going to stay true to my roots and say go Irish. Uh, good stuff. Jimmy Dillon, Pennsylvania State Senator, 5th District, here on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming on board tonight, man. It was great to catch up. Awesome. Thanks for having me, fellas. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right. We'll get to a commercial break on the other side of the commercial break. U.S. Congressman Brendan Boyle on deck. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour, special thanks to PA Senator Jimmy Dillon uh, for joining us in the last segment. Uh, Brendan Boyle, the uh, United States Congressman, uh, will join us a little bit later on. Charles Gibbs, who is a high-profile trial attorney in the city of Philadelphia, makes his debut on the John Doherty Hour. Charles, we welcome you into the John Doherty Hour. We're live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Good evening, sir. How are you, man? Good evening. No place I'd rather be. I hope everybody's well. Well on this side. Great to have you in. Um, I know John's got a question or two for you. Just give, uh, uh, let me, I guess, at least have you name drop some of your high-profile clients that you've had over the years, just so our listeners can get just kind of a feel for, you know, who you are, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, you know, I've had the opportunity of representing a number of people, be high-profile or not, in different criminal, family, and civil and election law matters. One of the reasons you get to represent high-profile people is that you don't drop their name. So I'm Mm -hmm. careful not to do that. But I am honored every time I get a chance to represent somebody by the trust they place in me. Yeah, no, well done, well said. I hope you don't mind that I ask the question. No, not at all. I got to jump in now, Joe. It's funny seeing Charles Gibbs everywhere, okay, because I've watched him grow. Okay, he was a community activist, and I mean somebody who would scream at the top of his lungs as a young man. You know, as he was extremely close and has been extremely close to the Blackwell family. You know, Congressman Blackwell, you know, spoke to world of them, Councilwoman Blackwell. And I just watched him grow through that process. And he did not need to hold an elected office. He could have ran for a million positions. All he did was, you know, go and get by himself, pick himself up, you know, go through high school, college, and law school, and become one of the more prominent young attorneys in the city of Philadelphia. But he has a unique resume, and even though he doesn't mention names, 
I'll give you a few names that he's handled. Okay. He sat as, and it, remember, he's a community activist. You know, he's an African-American in Philadelphia with a political pedigree. So you would automatically think that working at a charter school would not be someplace where he would right away jump because of the politics of the teacher unions and things like that. This man not only was part of the PET charter school, but he basically was the chairman. He was the, the chairman of the board. He was the heart and soul for many a year. Okay. And we talked about the move, you know, over to the parkway, you know, inside that new beautiful building and taking kids to now give them a quality of life education, but also give them a view of the art museum every day. Okay, right down the parkway, they have a beautiful view. Charlie was part of that process, a big part of that process. You know, and so so from that perspective, then he's also, if you see his name, he, he represents a lot of Philadelphia police officers. Okay, and you know, you see him across and I as McNesby has used him, it's one of his go to guys. And again, you would think, okay, that's not necessarily the most politically correct thing. But what he has been, okay, has been the most uh straight up honest and and again not afraid to disagree with the norm and that's what you need more of and then from a and then one of the questions he has to answer before he leaves he doesn't have a chance is that he's extremely close to council president Darrell clark some would say his closest friend you know and i watched Darrell clark be john street's friend so it, it and main guy so i watched the council president over the years when he was Mayor Street's go-to guy. Neither one really were in love with the press or would talk to the press, but they were effective, and they were effective for community issues. So mm-hmm. I really want Charlie to tell us what lurks inside the council president's head because he is super effective, and you know I was extremely active in making sure that he was the council president against our present mayor, Jim Kenney. Okay? And, and I think that his understanding of that that uh, body was needed at that time. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, he's done a fabulous job behind the scenes working in coordination not only with the mayor, but tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, what makes Darrell Clark tech? So, you know, it's interesting. First, uh, you know, I appreciate John. And um, the only inaccurate part of the story is that John said that he watched um, – whatever my progress has been, John has been an active partner in that progress and stood by my side through great days and really bad days. Um, You know, one of the things I talk about John Doherty is when my mother was incredibly sick and in the gee and couldn't get really good medical care when people weren't paying attention, John made a single visit and everything changed, which my family is ever indebted to him Um, and to the Doherty family. I mean, I'm, I'm the, the darkest skin to Dockery that's out here. <sighs> Talking about uh, Council President Clark, you know, here's what I'll say about him, and I think it's true for John Street. I think it's true, true for John Dockery. You're talking about guys who work hard every day to become an overnight sensation. So when I think of the Council President, there is not a moment that discretion is not important to him. There's not a moment that knowing the nuances of municipal government and municipal finance are not important to him. And also just knowing his district. I mean, there are streets in North Philadelphia that I've never heard of that he talks about with a fineness and can tell you who lives there. 
So he's a guy who works hard every day to become an overnight sensation. People didn't know who he was when he was a staffer to John Street, but he was doing that work. I mean, one of the things I think that is the problem in politics today is that so many people want to microwave their way into public life without doing the important work. And I think for the last 40 years, Clark has done that work, and now he gets to he, he benefits from it. And frankly, we all do. Charlie, hey, Joe, I got to tell a story. Charlie almost strangled me. His mom is inside McGee, and I'm wandering around McGee because, you know, of course, Silly lived there basically for two and a half years. John, and, John, uh, she's in McGee for a heart, by, triple heart bypass surgery. So before, before you tell your story, let me make sure we get some contact here. <laughs> Charlie's mom was in there, right? And, and, and it, there was, it was a tough place. And, and I've learned over the years that it can't be, you can't treat exactly by the book. You know, a lot of successes we've had as a family with Celia has been, she was willing to try things that weren't necessarily after you approve. And then there were certain things that they said you can't have, but you just have to have. So Charlie's mom tells me when Charlie was there and Charlie was the, the ultimate son. I mean, he wanted to make sure that every role was followed. He wanted to get her the therapy on time. He wanted every part of it. So when he left one night, I, of course, I was wandering the halls of McGee, and she told me she felt like eating chicken. And she said she really felt like eating fried chicken. And, and so, you know, I just made sure that Mrs. Gibbs had fried chicken. And when they found out, they were killing her. But you know what? You know what? I, I don't regret one moment. And the chicken was great. And I got it down on Gerard Avenue. And uh, let me tell you, you know, I, I, I miss his mom, and I know how much he does, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, looking back, I don't regret it either, but in that moment, you're right. I did want to kill you. But, you know, it's <laughs> also important to, to note that, you know, families. Johnny has a saying that everybody on this, that listens to this show knows he doesn't blink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has been great to be the benefactor of Johnny not blinking, but it's even a better feeling not to blink on Johnny and to stand there with him in his corner. And my family and I are proud to do so. Wow, that's great to uh, thank you for saying that, Charles Gibbs, our guest here uh, on the John Doherty uh, Hour, uh, trial attorney. Uh, Charles, correct me if I'm wrong in any a part of this description in terms of the name of the firm, McMonagall, Perry, McHugh, Meshack, and Davis um, is where you are a member of their firm. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, and, and I, and I want to ask you if you'll elaborate a little bit. John mentioned um, some of your work with um, John McNesby um, and the police officers. Talk a little bit about that relationship. That, you know, that can be challenging. You know, let me tell you, I represent people in their worst days. Mm-hmm. And there's not many people who come to my office to say hello and ask me how I'm doing. I really don't care what you do for a living. There are people who, who come into my office because they're having their worst days. Um, sometimes at the hands of an overzealous prosecutor's office, who, who does care about what you do for a living. There is no greater honor I have than standing up and speaking on behalf of folk who, who need uh, zealous representation, no matter what they're accused of, what they do for a living. And that has been the hallmark thus far of my career. Um, John has talked about Lucian Blackwell. Lou Blackwell met me when I was a stuttering kid out West Philly. 
and to stand up in a courtroom and courtrooms across Pennsylvania, even our highest court, the Supreme Court, speaking on behalf of all kind of working folk, it, it is why I'm not tired of this type of work yet. What drives you, Charlie? What what allows you to have such a defined presence, even on this call? You know, I don't no, know you. I, I don't know you. This is the first time that we've ever had a chance to have a conversation because of this radio show. I'm certainly glad that we are. Um, what's your fuel? What you know? Who is what? What drives Charlie Gibbs? You know, what drives me is a chance to to fight for food. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been. I, I, I tell a story that when I was born, a union person delivered me, and when I die, a union person will put the dirt over my grave. <laughs> uh, my mother was a woman who um, who taught me the value of work ethic and, and making sure that you're speaking on behalf of people who couldn't speak for themselves. Um, I watched her with very little education put my sister and I through Catholic school advocate for me when I was stuttered. Um, it's that knowing that fighting for people sometimes really does make a difference. Um, that That drives me today. And what also drives me today is that there have been a lot of folk on in my life for some reason or other who made investments in me with time and energy and support. Johnny Doc, Lou Blackwell, John Street. The, the list is just Daryl Clark. The list is a long list of folk who who have helped me grow. So what drives me is a chance to, to know that people who care about the city that I care so much about invested in me and saw something in me and didn't find it to be robbery to, to take some time and make sure that I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so I guess the answer to the question is a debt that I owe to everybody who came before me who fought for the same neighborhoods, fought for the same people that I fight for now. Working for McGonagall and Perry, that's a big firm and it's a very prominent firm with great attorneys and again, you, you know, you being right at the table, you know, it says a lot about your successes. And, uh, you know, I know, I know you haven't, uh, lost that edge that you, you, you had to get there, but, but you're there and, and just keep going further because the city needs you. And, you know, the union movement needs you. And the fact that your, your independence and your independent thinking, you know, is, is something that just doesn't come along, especially out of, out of the political world, you know, and again, there's a lot of things you could be doing in life. I'm glad what you're, where you're at right now because it's fun watching you grow. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, I have, like I said, man, you know, I work at, I work with uh, a dedicated group of attorneys who every day get up and fight their best. And everybody talks about the high-profile clients that we have. But every day I walk in and I see some grandmother or some young man who we're helping because they're going through a custody matter or because they slipped and fell or because their son was arrested and accused of some crime. And every day, no matter who you are, no matter, you know, how high profile you are, quote unquote, or not high profile you are, we fight for folk every day. And it, you know, when you walk, when you're surrounded by that type of, of caliber of attorney, it, it, it has to drive you. It has to motivate you because every, you know, we don't care who you are. We care about doing a good job and making sure that people's voices are heard. Really good stuff from Charles Gibbs joining us here tonight live on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, we're all better 
for the few minutes we spent with you tonight, man. Great stuff. I'm so glad you joined uh, John and you came on the show tonight. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you all having me. Thank you. All right, good stuff from Charles Gibbs joining us here on the John Doherty Hour. We'll take a short commercial break. We may have lost uh, Congressman Brendan Boyle to activities down in D.C., so we'll get him rescheduled. On the other side of the break, John and I will finish it up back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. And last couple of minutes on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Another Saturday night uh, in the books. Man, John, I got to tell you, great stuff to be able to uh, get Charles Gibbs. I know we uh, were not able to get Brendan Boyle. Chances are um, he's in D.C. And chances are with the voting and everything going on today um, that we lost the ability to get him. So we'll get him uh, rescheduled. But as it would or as it worked uh, as it worked itself out man it was nice to be able to uh, spend uh, spend more time with charles in that last segment and, and and learn a little bit about who that man is pretty cool stuff yeah same thing with jimmy Dillon. we had a couple yeah. extra minutes with yeah. him because of the brendan piece the funny part about the world that we live in today i mean everybody understands you know the crime is a number one issue but we're still living in a a covid world and anybody that doesn't think we're living in a covert world doesn't get out much. Okay. And then you have the, the, the two G's that control basically the middle class. In fact, control everybody called gas and groceries. Okay. So you have guns, gas, and groceries and COVID. So it, it, it's, it's really nice to have people like Charlie Gibbs, people like Jimmy Dillon, people, of course, Brendan, Boyle, he was going to talk about the Budget Reconciliation Act. Just the fact that he's willing to talk about that and be part of pushing that tells you what we have there. we got three guys that are still basically young, three guys that are competitive, you know, hardcore people who grew up on a corner in Philadelphia. And don't think in my world, don't think that doesn't mean something. When you got, you know, but don't let Brendan fool you with the, the tie pulled up tight, the blue suit and, and the you know, stereotype appearance. He's a tough cookie, man. And he's been fighting from day number one and he's not afraid. Look, he, you know, he was a big early supporter of the administration, but he's also somebody who says, Hey, we got a problem. We got to fix it. Okay. Jimmy Dillon, we mentioned earlier. And of course, Charlie Gibbs, you know, I love when he said he's the darkest property. That's exactly how we feel. That's exactly, that's exactly how we feel about Charlie. Mm. You know, Charlie sat on my porch many a night. Okay, on my Mensing Avenue with Celia and me, you know, and his beautiful wife, Monica, who is a, a talented individual in her own right. Okay, they're just good people, but they're city people, they're tough kids, they all grew up in a corner, they all grew up in an ethnic neighborhood. Okay, they all had a basketball bounced off their head, you know, by some older kid because they got in the way. They all grew up on a corner where, where you know, they got made fun of if they didn't have the right socks on. I mean, these are people who now are in positions of power. Think about it. Charlie walks the halls of justice around here. Okay, Jimmy's now up in Harrisburg, and Brendan's down in D.C. The three of them know each other. It's just great when sometimes it's easy to be callous about politics, and it's callous that... You know, and even myself, 
I tell people I wouldn't want anybody be, to be a politician today. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't recommend it to any of my kids. You know, so it's just nice that three people who have said, yes, we, we accept the challenge on behalf of the people of Philadelphia and the people of the Philadelphia building trades and the people of local 98, et cetera. So, By the way, was, you know, Jimmy, Dillon, was, was Jimmy Dillon ever, did Jimmy Dillon ever uh, participate in the labor classic? You know, I, one way or the other. I'll one way or another, yeah, we'll have to, to find, yeah, we'll have to find that out, man. If he, ha- if he has it, he, he's, he is next year, right? Yeah, he probably will. He'll definitely play next year, but he's taught enough kids to play today. I guarantee yeah. you that. All right, good stuff tonight here on the John Doherty Hour, live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Guaranteed on a Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. with or without J-Doc. John Doherty delivers uh, on his hour show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. That's going to do it for the John Doherty Hour. Uh, On behalf of Jimmy Dillon, on behalf of Charles Gibbs, on behalf of Frank Keel, and John Doherty. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.